Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, welcome to the City on the Hill podcast. I'm glad that you are here. My name is Scott Reevely, and Eric is getting a little bit of a break. I do hope that you appreciate that. And would you pray for Eric? I mean, he works two jobs. He's uh, running for office. He's got four kids, and he deserves a break and could really use uh, your prayer. So please pray for Eric. He's doing great, but just pray for him. Anyway, uh, we are here with City on Hill, and we are doing our best to try and help the church uh, really maintain their identity in the face of the political pressures they face on a regular basis. And what that means is that we've got to really figure out how we can talk to one another and how we can um, be helpful to one another as we talk about things that are sometimes difficult. And uh, it turns out that, uh, at least my experience is, that uh, in church, politics has been one of those things that is difficult. And there's just no question that what you say is important, but how you say it is also important. And one of the things that I have uh, learned and observed is that you can undermine uh, what you say by how you say it. The way that you say it really does either contradict or lend credence to what it is that you say. This is especially true when we talk about our faith. I hear and uh, read so many people who call themselves uh, Christians, but they speak in ways that either make me think they're not Christian or that their Christianity is some kind of negative or antagonistic belief system, which I don't believe to be true. And so I struggle as I, I hear people talk about those things. And so... Because of that, uh, I've invited uh, executive leadership, uh, executive and leadership coach Gina Stout, uh, onto the City on a Hill to help us do better as we talk to one another. Uh, Gina is a wife and a mother of three amazing girls. She feels blessed to live in beautiful Central Oregon and is strongly rooted in her faith and family. She holds credentials from the world's leading authority on coaching, the International Coaching Federation. She has an advanced certificate in transformational coaching from Western Seminary. And prior to her working as a coach, Gina served for more than 20 years in healthcare. During that time, she's walked with countless individuals and families going through transition, grief, trauma, and illness. Her years in healthcare have provided her with the grit, flexibility, and compassion, and candor that she needs to help us here on City on a Hill. And so before, I, I will say this, before she worked as, uh, in the healthcare industry, Gina was my sister. And so I'm really glad that she is here. She uh, now, as uh, I mentioned, is, is doing coaching, and she has a workshop that she uh, calls Challenging Conversations. And when I saw that, I thought, aha, if she's over here, we're going to get her to talk about Challenging Conversations because that's what we end up having here on City on the Hill. That's what we are trying to help um, the church have a little better. So, Gina, welcome. Hi, thanks uh, for having me. I am so glad that you are here. <laughs> this will be fun. Uh, it's one of those things that I had to, you know, do a little bit of um, brotherly arm twisting, I think, to get her here. Just a little. 
But uh, I'm glad she, to be here, though. But she's very gracious, and so please be nice to her, listeners. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're here to talk about challenging conversations. How would I know if I'm in a challenging conversation? I think that's kind of an obvious question, Scott. Is it too easy? It's pretty easy. I think if there is something at stake, oh, I think that um, it could be uh, deemed as challenging if uh, there are difference differences of opinion and differences of conviction. And even uh, simple conversations with challenging people can be challenging. Oh, well, you said it was an easy question, and then you kept piling on other well, reasons that things get challenging. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's good that I don't know any of those people. I don't right. have any, I don't know anybody that has different It's all speculative, thoughts really. Thoughts or yeah. convictions. But um, so I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking about, well, when I, you know, when I get to church or when I'm, you know, thinking about talking to other people, how can I see a, hard, a difficult conversation, challenging conversation coming? I mean, in other words, I'm, I'm preparing myself. I'm thinking about what it, uh, you know, running into this person. And is there a way that I can say, oh, it's going to be challenging or eh, I would just get surprised by it? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think part of that comes from knowing who you're engaging with. So if uh, the category falls to the latter, where it's just more challenging people, then you can know that they're coming. Uh, I think that uh, topics such as politics, as uh, regulations, as, um, you know, anything that would have to do with certain people having strong convictions, they can always... Um, you can always anticipate them coming. And if, if they don't come, good. If they do come, then you can prepare your heart for that in advance. So that, and that's a little bit of what I was thinking about is if I kind of anticipate every conversation being a challenging one, mm-hmm. then at least I'm, I'm ready to go. And if, <laughs> if I'm wrong, all the better, right? Right. Okay. Um, so how would I approach a challenging conversation differently than one that's not challenging? Well, um, I think that if you approach a conversation, um, so part of the, the workshop that, that I do, okay. the, the, the rest of the title is Engage, Collaborate, and Don't Cause Harm. So the idea with a challenging conversation is that it is quite easy to cause harm there, um, whether or not you're intending or not intending. Um, simpler conversations, there's not quite as much at stake. Uh, and so it's, it would be more unexpected to cause harm. I don't know if that answers your question or not. But. Well, you're, uh, I guess my thought when you, when you answer this by causing harm or not causing harm mm-hmm. as being the thing that I need to look out for mm-hmm. uh, that, um, you know, I don't think I ever cause harm. Mm. So do I never have a challenging conversation? <laughs> You do. <laughs> I what? think we, we all do. We all cause harm. And I think we have to um, be sensitive to the fact that how we live and walk in the world um, can affect those around us. Mm-hmm. We all do. Oh, I good. Know. She's, it, Dagger we're to the heart. A, we're across Dagger the table. We're across the table from another, and I just see, and she's just <laughs> piercing me with her eyes. We all do. I do okay, too. Okay, okay. 
Well, then uh, apparently I need some help in how to navigate these challenging conversations. So what what can you do that helps me and helps our listeners with uh, these challenging conversations? Yeah. Which coach us through that. Thanks for asking. So um, the first thing that I I recommend to people, so I work primarily in the in the business place, is I I suggest people take a moment to ground themselves and regulate and prepare. So what I mean by that isn't prepare your argument, okay? <laughs> because you already have that prepared. I know, what a letdown. But you already do. You already know how you stand, how you feel about something. So what I'm getting at is more of a preparation of the heart. Can you listen and engage with respect? Can you listen and engage with humility? Um, and that... that is all about um, emotional regulation, emotional agility, and appreciation of the other. And so I think um, I usually start people there, and this is the hardest stage in the conversation, is what happens before you even open your mouth. Mm. You, and, sa- you sound, I'm just going to interrupt here, because <laughs> you ask questions, right? Can, um, can I... Um, can I have respect? Can I, you know, control my mm-hmm. emotions? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not even sure if I can. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. what if, am I better just to like be silent and not say anything or or what? I think that's um, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> so this is what I recommend. I recommend, um, you know, if you are a believer, I think that spending some time in the word and in prayer to humble yourself before the Lord before you engage in a conversation that could potentially cause harm is a great grounding practice. Um, For the unbelievers that I work with, oftentimes that's a deep breath. Um, But it's also just the little things, like if you're running late to an appointment, not the time to start a conversation about politics with somebody that you know is going to disagree with you. Not a good time. Just say, I can't do it right now. Let's reschedule. Two o'clock on Tuesday, no big deal, right? Um, and and because when we find ourselves irritable, when you um, are angry because of a phone call that you just received, when you um, have to just eat something and your blood sugar is low, that will affect how you are perceived by the people you engage with. And if whether or not your goal is to um, listen and learn or your goal is to persuade, um, it all has, it all comes down to how you are heard by the other. Um, so regulating yourself is a huge process in that. And I think the Bible speaks to that plenty in regards to self-control. Okay. There is quite a bit about self-control. So yes, thank you. And the Holy Spirit can help you with that. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit. So, um, good. Um, so that's before I get to the challenging conversation. Right. I mean, and reschedule if you need to. Okay. Avoid, avoid, avoid. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I just heard. <laughs> that's not what you meant, though. I would I would rather avoid than enter with a hot temper. Okay. Um, Postpone, not avoid. Yeah. I mean, in some respect, I, I want to help other people recognize that I'm right, though. Mm-hmm. And that isn't exactly what you're saying either, right? I mean, you're, it's not really about me being under control to express my thing. Right. It's something different than that, I think. Right, right. And so I think um, 
it's about there's a lot to be gained from hearing the stories of other people and their perspective. And so you, um, one of the things that I talk a lot about it, whether it's in regular coaching or, or in these types of workshops that I do, or people coming to me to seek out conflict is usually there is something gained from spending the time, um, listening to people's stories and hearing their perspective and hearing their background on it, whether or not you um, will change your mind on your opinion. I mean, you, you likely won't, but what you will gain is respect for the person that you're talking to. And uh, that is also worthwhile and biblically relevant. So I just feel like um, it's always okay to to go into something without the need to, um, pers- you know, well, I think proselytize. That's, yeah. I think that's one of the things is that when we get, uh, when we get into these conversations, we think we're, that s- this conversation is the one that all the, mm. the future hangs on. And mm, if I don't yeah. convince them that I'm right here, th- then, you know, th- I failed. But what you're saying is that really a lot of the persuasion or even, you know, even the, the, it's going to, it's a long-term game. Right. That really I'm thinking not in terms of this conversation or this conversation, but the better I understand the person and where they're coming from, the better then that we can continue a conversation that may end up changing both of us. Right. And that wouldn't. That would be okay. That'd only be half bad because then I have to change. (laughs) Right. So this is kind of leads us into the second step. So the first step is regulate and prepare. The second step is acknowledge the emotions of the other person. So um, what I found in working with people is that people come to conversations with all kinds of beliefs, baggage, history. Um, They're walking into things insecurely. They're walking into things afraid, just looking for something to cling to that's true. They walk into uh, situations um, doubting you. They, they don't trust you yet, maybe. Um, they, and especially in the context of um, Bible and politics, they walk into things with maybe previous injury from the church um, or things that have been said uh, in the past by believers um, that they're hanging on to, thinking that it's real. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but it's confusing. And they, they walk in confused. And so I think... When we engage in a um, a challenging conversation, the first step is to regulate and prepare ourselves. And the second step is to look at the other person sitting across from you and say, what does this mean to them? Are they, um, does it mean everything to them? And if it does, let's sit with that for a minute and think about how heavy our words are going to weigh on them before we open our mouths. Yeah, that um, one of the things that I try and keep in mind, and, and this, this has more to do in some contexts than others, but people don't hear you mm. like you are. They hear it like they hear you like they are. Yeah. In other words, they don't perceive the situation as it is. We perceive the situation like we are. Yeah. And that's what you're saying is that the people I'm talking to are going to hear maybe not how it is, but how mm. they are. Mm-hmm. And their own frame of reference, their own context is going to shape the, the nature of our conversation, the outcome of our conversation, and really how they come away from yeah. our conversation. Yeah. And I think that's even more so on social media. Mm. I mean, that's the thing you have no idea then. Right. You're just like a boom, let's drop it. Right. And it could drop, 
you know, on somebody and they don't even notice, it could drop on somebody and blows them up. So one of the things I try to suggest to people is um, this idea of, of anticipating the impact of what you're going to say on the other person. And then maybe even if you're feeling brave, suggesting. So, so um, Scott, it really feels like politics are really important to you, you know, and, and that they, they occupy your thoughts or whatever the thing is. Okay. And then, and then be quiet and wait for them to correct you. Say, actually, politics aren't that important. Well, okay. Actually, they don't occupy my thought. Okay. Like, so what you can do is just say, I know this, um, this is a state the facts. I know that this is maybe a sensitive topic or, you know, whatever the thing is. And then stop talking and wait for them to correct you or to elaborate on what this conversation might mean to them. So yeah, you can suggest that and you float it up there like it's a a balloon. And if they, if they shoot their little BB gun at it and it comes down, that's okay. At least, you know, right. That, you know, you have more information mm -hmm. with which to have the conversation. And it's okay for me to be wrong there. In fact, a lot of times I prefer to be wrong there. Exactly. Because then, then that, that clarifies if I, if I guess right or mostly right and they don't correct me because I'm, you know, not completely wrong. I'm only mostly right. We don't, I don't get the information that I need the rest of the conversation. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, I mean, in, in the workplace, it's often, you know, I know you've been working, um, a lot lately. I know you're exhausted. Um, I know there's been a lot going on. I appreciate your flexibility. Stop talking. And they'll be like, it, it feels good to be seen and heard where you're at. And it, mm-hmm. if as long as you have the self-control to not follow up on that and allow them to correct, um, they may come up with something totally new and it, and it gives you, it, it's community building, it's relationship building at that time, at that moment. Mm-hmm. Good. No, thank you. That, uh, I will try and do that. <laughs> What's the next thing? So the next um, part is I, I like to call genuine and kind curiosity. So a lot of this stuff comes from uh, Kwame Christian. He is the founder of the American Negotiation Institute. And he wrote a book called uh, How to Negotiate Anything and uh, Finding Confidence in Conflict. And so he is a negotiator. So he's not somebody who who is just sitting in the conflict. He's somebody who can help um, bring your point to the forefront and help you deliver your point. So the point here isn't to be quiet and not share. Um, But in his book, he has a framework called compassionate curiosity. And um, that's what I like to call this part of the conversation. It's like, so you've regulated yourself, you've appreciated the impact on the other. And the next step is to basically conduct a kind and curious interview. So that kind of looks like uh, you you agree in your own mind, I'm not going to give commentary. I'm not going to give any uh, corrections. I'm going to stay here until they have shared with me how they feel. I'm going to use open-ended questions. I'm going to ask and then I'm going to listen and I'm going to engage in some self-control to hear what they have to say. Um, and this is really a special step because this um, this requires that you acknowledge that they are the expert in their own stance. 
So oftentimes we go into a conversation and we think we know what the other person's going to say and we think they, we know why they're going to say it. And this is the part of the conversation where you actually acknowledge, actually they know what they're going to say and they know why they're going to say it. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to allow them to share it with me in, in a way where I'm, I'm looking to learn. I'm almost interviewing them. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, you know, it's, it's very typical. So in, in the workshop, sometimes I'll say, um, Scott, what's your favorite pie? I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, don't I'm, you I'm, like I'm, lemon I'm, meringue pie? I like a, this, this lemon icebox pie. Lemon that's, icebox pie. Okay. Okay. Favorite, yes. Okay. Thank so, you for your, for your help. Yes. Yes. So, I, so you're, so I'm asking you like your opinion about something and you're like, oh, I love lemon icebox pie. And this is really typical stage of the conversation for somebody to say, oh, I, th- I thought you liked key lime pie. And you're like, no. And then you're like, well, my mom used to make the best lemon icebox pie. And then they go tell their backstory. Or um, I hate lemon icebox pie. I'm allergic to um, the jello. Like, and they go off on their own story. Or mm. they try to correct you and shape you. And this is the, this is the part of the story where like, Scott, tell me. Tell me about the lemon icebox pie. Tell me about the graham cracker crust. The first time you had it. Why is it <laughs> special to you? Like <laughs> all the things that it reminds you of, the the backstory of that. And and of course we're using pie. We're not using politics um, or conflict. But I think that this is the part of the conversation where we really have to um, make the other person the expert and respect them enough to hear them. Well, it has to be though. I mean, I, I've seen you talk to people and you are kind and compassionate and you ask them a question or maybe they ask you a question and you answer and then they go off on their backstory mm-hmm. and you never get to say your thing. What about that? So um, I watched you do this. It's true. It's true. So here's, here's, here's what happens. Um, I tend to be a fairly... Um, easygoing human, there aren't a ton of things that I want to fight about. (laughs) Uh, So uh, there are a few things. So um, I'm kind of a fierce advocate for um, people who are mistreated and underserved. And so I will I will talk to you about that, whether or not you want me to hear or want to hear me sometimes. Um, And but, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel like can be easily solved by um, just claiming the love of Jesus and knowing that I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything, and I'm happy to hear what you have to say. And I think it, it does, I'm recognizing it comes easier for me than some, some mm-hmm. people. I think there's some people who are, who are um, a little bit more fierce in their um, stances, and that's okay. I, I have stuff to learn from them too. Well, some of it is. I just don't need to be the guy that talks all the time. Exactly. That's one of the things that I, I mean, I, in some respect, because I'm a pastor, I get an opportunity. Mm. I'm going to get my chance to talk. Right. <laughs> I just know it's going to be out there. Maybe if it's not before Sunday, it's going to be Sunday. I'm going to get a chance. So I can hold back and not uh, not do that. Is this a, so with this step too, I guess when you're doing this kind, compassionate interview, mm-hmm. is one of what would be some things that make my interview not kind and compassionate? Uh, I, mean, I hope that this is a kind, compassionate interview. 
So far, <coughs> you're being very gentle. Thank oh, you. <laughs> well, yeah. But but I, I guess I'm thinking about, and I'll just give you one example that came okay. to my mind as you were describing this, was that a lot of times you get in a conversation with people about what are called straw men, which are mm-hmm. not real, mm-hmm. but there's some caricature of you know what they think my position is, or I think their position is, mm-hmm. and that. Is that where this would fit in? I mean, I, it's not very kind when that happens. Um, so when when I think about the answer to your question, it would be um, things like interrupting, things like um, um, kidnapping the conversation and turning it into your own, um, using sarcasm, using cynicism, um, using okay, I'm, I, you said the interrupting. <laughs> I'm going to have to interrupt here and then move on. No, continue. <laughs> uh, and I think um, there's certainly room to make things lighthearted, um, but the the most important piece here is that that human feels heard and seen for what they value. And if anything that you do might threaten that, then. Um, you need to not do that for this stage of the process, and okay. you need to allow them to feel heard. Is this one of those places where you would like restate or mm-hmm. reframe mm-hmm. what you think you heard them say? Yeah. So I hear you saying that you know you think that this is that, and they either can clarify or not. And but that would be one of the ways mm-hmm. that you would let them know that you're yeah. you know doing your best to hear what they have to say. And as long as you wait and allow them to answer that question. You always I know, say this. I know. You always say, wait and listen. You keep saying that. I know. Okay. That's true. Is that, uh, so once I do that, am I done with my? No. So I know. I'm exhausted already. So the last part is the part where you get to talk a little bit. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I'll stay tuned. Okay. So this is when you problem solve together. So um, this is the stage where you have hurt you have allowed them to exhaust themselves not you know not physically but like you know just like they've exhausted what they have to say they have been able to share what they have to say and they have been heard and you have given them enough rope to hang themselves <laughs> <laughs> no no scott oh, you're not getting the I'm working the at kind it. compassionate part okay well we're past that okay we're on to the next part <laughs> Uh, that's okay. Um, so yeah, so this is, you still, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, you still need self-restraint here because if you have given them all the time in the world to explain how they feel and then immediately you turn on them, not having her, not forsaking all trust that you've just gained, okay. you now are worse than in a better, than in the spot where you began. Okay. Okay. So mm-hmm. if you've allowed them to feel heard and trusted and like they are a human whose voice is valuable, and then you suddenly are like, meh, 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 and take that away. Have, yeah, have a lot to say um, in a negative or derogatory fashion. Um, it will not go well for you. So uh, this is also a state where you overlook what you can. But when, when I'm doing mediation or when I'm working with people in conflict, I um, I actually will will give them each room to talk. So um, Scott, share your stuff. So, uh, you've heard everything I had to say. I appreciate you listening to me. Um, thank you for hearing me. 
Now go ahead and share how you feel. Well, I feel real frustrated because <laughs> I'm not going to ever get to say what I think is important. It's your time. It's oh. your time. You can say it now. Well, I just did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, good. No, okay. I understand. So, you, so basically, we're at the when we get closer to the end, we're kind of wrapping up and making sure that we understand each other mm-hmm. and uh, kind of have the final, not the final, but a completion, bring up completion to the conversation. Yes, and this is where you um, agree to disagree. This is where you collaborate and decide to work together. This is where you um, maybe you change. Your opinion. Or maybe I need to go look into something a little more. Yes. Like that. And I think that's, you know, especially in this topic that we're looking at with Mm -hmm. regard to, um, with regard to the the church and our faith and political conversations, I do think there is a lot, uh, I mean, there's more than we could probably ever ingest. Mm -hmm. And you listen to somebody, you're going to get something that you didn't have before. Exactly. And you're probably going to need to look into that. Exactly. I'm I'm probably going to need to look into that. Yeah. So that would be a good outcome that isn't, oh, you're totally right, or and I'm totally wrong, or exactly. only I am right, and you're totally wrong. It's really this, like, you know what, I could, uh, I'm going to look into that more. That was interesting. Yeah. Thank you. And I think that's exactly what it is, is it's us being able and willing to learn from one another and to be able to respect each, of, each other enough to know that you bring something I may not have thought of, and you certainly bring some history that I have not experienced. And I think that this, uh, you and I have talked about this a little bit, when when people have experienced being in the military or be, having experienced being in a war, or in my, my healthcare experience, when they've experienced trauma and they have endured um, certain abuses or they have endured certain lack of freedom, they come to a conversation with um, so much to teach us mm. of um, things that we, you don't know that you don't know it, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Unless you ask, unless you actually give voice to those people. And I think um, those are often the people who may not be outspoken. They may be a little bit uh, reluctant to come to the conversation. And when we approach uh, these conversations with gentleness and self-control and empathy, um, it's amazing what can come out of it. And I would say the win-win wouldn't be you winning or me winning, the, the, the victory would come with both of us coming away with a new awareness of how God made the other person to be and how um, he's gifted them with certain things that I'll never be able to know, and that's okay. Well, this, I mean, the, the thing that that stirred up in me is the conversations that I end up having about race. Mm. You know, there, there are talking points about race. Mm-mm. There are, you know, uh, flares that people can, you know, shoot up that let people know I stand here, I stand here. Right. But when you actually talk to somebody who is uh, different from you with uh, respect to their background and uh, you and I mean, I have been surprised in almost every conversation. Not so much with the, uh, the, the, even their depth of feeling or their you know, animosity or anything like that, but really they just see it differently than it's portrayed on TV. Yeah. They see it differently than I'm told they see it. And that allows me to interact with a human being in such a rich way. And they have so much to offer because they, they do see it differently mm-hmm. than I've been educated to say, oh, that's what they, 
that's what everyone who's like this mm-hmm. says, and it isn't true. So mm-hmm. no, thank you for that encouragement, and uh, I I hope that I get more of those kind of conversations because they're they're really enriching. Yeah, and that's kind of what you're telling us, isn't it? That it could be a challenging conversation, but it can end up being enriching. Well, and it's it's just beautiful to I guess acknowledge the different experiences that we've been given and being able to draw on the wisdom of of uh, what is you know what is God telling the other person and how can I learn from them and I just think that that's such a valuable part of of who we are here in the world um, yeah so would you um, is is that there are four steps either the are we to the end now? We've yeah. So up, basically you, know. you just, you stay in this problem solving stage where you can kind of go back and forth still uh, with respect, still with gentleness, still with self-control until both, both parties are heard. Um, and, you know, I often recommend setting a time limit. So if you, if you're really serious about like, this is a, this is something that we have to talk through and we both know it's going to be tough. And set a time limit, and then in an hour, hour, you know, hour and a half, whatever your tolerance is, we're either going to have a break or we're going to go home, and we'll pick it up, you know, next Friday. Um, but if you use this framework, you will. It's a lot harder to be unkind to people and to burn bridges when you approach things with empathy. Hmm. Well, thank you. So, I mean, I ho- I hope that what Gina has said here is helpful to you regardless of whether you're in the church or out of the church. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, you can use what she's talked about here when you're talking with your family, when you're talking with your boss, when you're talking with a coworker around the water cooler, uh, at the PTA, you can use this really anywhere. But uh, Gina, would you, is there anything here that's different if somebody is a Christian or if they're not uh, a Christian, if they're inside the church or if they're outside the church, is there anything different that you would say? That's a great question. Um, I, I, I think the principles ring true. Um, whatever background you come from, whatever faith you have, I think uh, empathy is always a good practice. I think as believers, we, um, we need to be especially cognizant of the harm we can cause when um, we don't interact in this way. So when believers have conversations about vaccines and mandates and fill in the blank and they do so uh, without respect or they do so um, without gentleness, without compassion, without self-control, it does more than skew the argument. It does more than um, even damage you as an individual. It defaces um, the honor of, of Jesus Christ. And that, that's something that I think as believers, we, um, we are not always as careful as we need to be. And so I think that the principles ring true, whatever, wherever you're at, I just think there's more at stake for believers. Mm. No, that was kind of the way that struck me too, is that the, um, the reputation of Jesus is at Mm. stake Mm -hmm. if there's Christians having the challenging conversation. Yeah. And like you said, there is more at stake. And, that's one of the reasons that we wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about this today is because that's what's at stake in this whole arena. That's why we started City on the Hill podcast because so much is at stake in with the reputation of Jesus in the world, and we want Him uh, to uh, be honored and want Him to look good in the world, 
as we interact with things that are outside of our, you know, that aren't easy, let's say, that are challenging. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. And that's really what we're trying to do here and really why I wanted you to come uh, share these things with us. Well, and unfortunately, I think we, uh, I personally have seen um, that in the communities that I work with and in the, in the workplaces that I'm in, I've seen uh, people make those decisions about Jesus based off of what believers are saying. And that kind of breaks my heart. And I, 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 I want us to, to be a light. And I mm-hmm. think that um, we need to hold ourselves to, to transparency and how we uh, interact with people. Well, it's just, you know, it's just kind of where we started. Mm-hmm. Yes, what we say is important, and mm-hmm. it's it's fine to say the gospel. It's fine to say we've got good news, we've got truth, and we do. But it's also how we say that and how we hold the truth yeah. and how we do that that matters too. So anyway, thank you so much for sharing this with us. It's been yeah. really fun to, to have you here. If uh, someone was uh, interested in uh, Anchor Name, what would they, where would they find you if they wanted to just touch base with you and say, hey, thanks, Gina, <laughs> what would, how would they get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, I have a website. It's called anchorandaim.com, and, uh, or you can email me at anchorandaimcoaching at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Okay. Yeah. Well, good. Well, we're uh, just really thankful that uh, you joined us and uh Appreciate the help and would love people to begin having these kind of conversations. I mean, this would be uh, just a real game-changing kind of a thing, I think, if people would go have these conversations, do a lot of listening, uh, show empathy, uh, bring some resolution that isn't just, I'm right, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, this would be really helpful. So thank you so much. Well, I have, can I just add one scripture that I found as I was reading over this? What am I going to say to that? (laughs) Okay. So I was reading um, some scriptures, uh, and I stumbled across this one I hadn't noticed before. Uh, Psalm, or excuse me, Proverbs 16, 32. It says, better a patient person than a warrior, or one with self-control than one who takes a city. And Mm -hmm. I thought that that's kind of a, um, I think that we could try looking at things that way. Mm Mm-hmm. Better one with patience and self-control than a warrior who takes a city and gets their, gets their way. And that's, I mean, again, that's one of the things we try and come yeah. back to over and over here is just yeah. how, do you, how do you see yourself? How do you identify? Are you a warrior, a cultural warrior? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to be a patient person who is, uh, interacts with understanding in the world? And so um, may this help shape our identities to be Uh, people who belong to the kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. and interact in this world as uh, aliens and strangers and um, ambassadors for the kingdom. So thank you, Gina. Thanks for having me, Scott. Yeah. So I just want to say the rest of you, uh, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would rate and review us, it would be a great favor. We would appreciate it very much. And uh, if you would like to share this with a friend, this would be a really good episode to share with a friend because we probably all know people, not us, right? But the other people we'd (laughs) really like to talk to. They really like people to talk to us this way. So if there's somebody like that, feel free to share this with them. And uh, anyway, if you have questions, you can send them to comment at cityonthehillpodcast.com. If you would like us to interact with your question online, you can leave an audio question at speakpipe.com slash city on the hill podcast 
And um, until next time, we will look forward to talking again. Thanks. Thanks.